0: We got the alternative energy And right. free autonomy And, we got, well, and
1: welcome we to the Radioactive Show Produced at the studios of 3CR Melbourne And heard nationally on the Community Radio Network
0: You know, when they let the bombs off, the radiation fallout That wasn't prejudiced. They didn't care who it got, whether you were rich or poor Or Blackwater Brindle It got all of Australia The whole continent, including Tasmania Was contaminated with radiation fallout
2: they left a hell of a mess at the Maralinga area and there have been four cleanups of that site so far but all of them have been inadequate and there's more and more research coming to light which proves that the site is still dangerous and there will need to be a fifth cleanup and possibly a sixth and a seventh and an eighth because no government seems to be able to get this problem right.
0: And you know what, if, if people really cared for their children really loved and cared for their children and the rest of the children of the world, they would say enough to all this damaging activities that's going on. They would say enough. And that's including a waste dump on country. My story comes from darkness. Listen to my
1: story now Hello, my name is Marissa. This episode of the Radioactive Show was recorded and produced on the unceded lands of the Kulin Nations. Today's show is about Maralinga and the nuclear testing performed by the British which happened in outback South Australia between 1953 and 1963. First up on the show we will speak with Dr. Jim Green, National Anti-Nuclear Campaigner for Friends of the Earth Australia and we will speak to Jim about the timeline of what happened at Maralinga. He will also briefly comment on a new study published in Nature's Scientific Report and led by Monash University researchers about how Australia was affected by the nuclear testing. Radioactive particles from British nuclear testing still persist in Outback Australia, scientists warn. And then after Dr. Jim Green, we will talk with Auntie Sue Hasline, Gugatha woman, about her views in regards to Maralinga. And we will honour Aboriginal elder and activist Mr. Lester, who died at the age of 75, and we'll speak with Auntie about what happened at Maralinga and what she feels and thinks about it. Hello, Jim. Welcome to the program. Thanks, Marisa. It's lovely to have you, and I know that Maralinga, you know, happened many, many years ago, didn't it? But it's still talked about today. Can you tell listeners what happened?
2: Yeah, sure. So there were 12 nuclear bomb tests, in Australia between 1952 and 57. Of those 12, nine of them were in South Australia and they were conducted between 1953 and 57. And beyond 1957, they also conducted a whole lot of things called minor trials or safety trials, which actually leave the bigger mess than the actual nuclear bomb tests. And those minor trials were to do things like to work out what happened if a nuclear bomb caught on fire or if it was dropped from a crane or, or mechanical problems like that. Uh, but unfortunately, those so-called minor trials or safety trials, they left a, a hell of a mess in at the Maralinga area. And there have been four cleanups of that site so far, but all of them have been inadequate. And there's more and more research coming to light which proves that the site is still dangerous and there will need to be a fifth clean-up and possibly a sixth and a seventh and an eighth because no government seems to be able to get this problem right.
1: Absolutely. And what do you think of the environmental side effects that have happened there?
2: Well, with the actual bomb tests, they spread radiation far and wide. In fact, almost all of Australia was dusted with radioactive fallout from those bomb tests but they didn't leave a huge local mess. Um, as I mentioned, the minor trials did leave a, a huge local mess of plutonium and all sorts of other dangerous radioactive isotopes. Uh, so, you know, there's all sorts of problems, whether it's solid plutonium-contaminated waste that's buried just a couple of metres underground, and also the dust, the soil around there is still radioactive. They, um, they gathered and buried some of that most radioactive dust, but they didn't do a very good job of it, and they did it on the cheap. So there's still a very large area there which is uninhabitable uh, and dangerous, basically, and every time the wind blows, that radioactive dust is spread further and further. So um, it's a problem without a solution so far.
1: Absolutely, and currently the, the researchers from Monash, in particular the work of Dr. Megan Cook, and I believe this media release was released in May, but it's still highly relevant. And Megan Cook is actually from Monash, and she talks about the fact that there's resulting radioactive contamination and cover-up continues to haunt us.
2: Yeah, you know, we've, we've been in the nuclear era for the best part of a century, but there's still so much to learn, and this research from Megan Cook and her team at Monash... It concerns radioactive particles which were released during the nuclear bomb tests, and they, they thought that these particles were stable and inert, but what they've found is that the outer shell of the particles can break down in the environment and release the, uh, the radioactive substances into the environment, uh, and that not only is this a theoretical risk, but they've actually got evidence that it is happening as we speak, so it's just a really difficult and intractable problem. And to give another example of of how we're still uh, learning how these things work is, it was always thought that plutonium would not migrate because it's insoluble, but it can migrate in what they call a colloidal formation. Which is essentially a, a mud-like suspension, so they've found that uh, plutonium can migrate far greater distances than they'd previously imagined, and all of this has direct public health consequences because uh, you know it's still there, whether it's the contaminated soil or the plutonium contaminated waste that's buried just below ground it's uh, It's an absolute mess. I guess one bright note in this whole disaster and this is going back to July of last year, is that the federal government announced a $2.5 million study uh, to better map the contamination at Maralinga and to determine if any further remediation is necessary. Uh, so that's positive. I hope that that $2.5 million is adequate for the task and that the uh, the, the survey and the research is conducted independently and, and robustly. and most of all I hope that it leads to another clean up of the uh, malalinga site and uh, well we have to dare to dream don't we, let's hope that the fifth clean up is the last and the best and that there's no, no further problems beyond that but I doubt it because we're dealing with very long-lived radioisotopes, they're really going to be a problem for probably well, for thousands are, of years.
1: Absolutely and there is quite some severe environmental impacts and not only that but illness amongst not just Aboriginal people but all of Australia and I wonder whether, whether it's actually believed that that there's been long-term illness from the nuclear testing.
2: Yeah uh, well I think that's pretty well demonstrated it's hard to get uh, the precise details because they just simply didn't carry out any health studies and what exactly. health studies were carried out you know they didn't release the findings there was a bizarre situation that stretched on for some decades where uh, the Australian government was stealing body parts, believe it or not. They were stealing the body parts of deceased people and using them to uh, test for radioactive fallout from the Maralinga bomb tests. Um, and when so was that was happening? a scandal. That was ha- happening for some decades after the bomb test, if I had to guess I would say it stretched from the 1950s up to the 1980s or perhaps even into the 1990s and oh, that was wow. a scandal that was revealed uh, about sure, 15 to 20 years ago. Um, so, again, we're still getting to the bottom of that and people are trying to find out if their, their loved ones had their body parts stolen after they were deceased and what the consequences of that should be. So, all sorts of problems. Also, I should mention that with the fourth clean-up of Mallinga, that was under the Howard government, so about 20 years ago. it was oh, done. okay, on the, thank you. Yep. Yeah, That's it was done, put
1: done, done
2: on the context. cheap. Yeah, yeah, it was done on the cheap and four of the scientists who were involved in that cleanup of Maolinka, Linka, uh, they were sufficiently concerned that they publicly voiced their objections to how that cleanup was proceeding. In some cases, they did that at, uh, even at risk of putting their own career in jeopardy. Um, so it was just a complete disaster. Disinterest, a lack of funding, uh, and it was just appalling.
1: Absolutely, and I, I imagine that those cleanups have not really done too much. Now, two things also, just, just for the benefit of listeners, Megan Cook is actually the leader of the study and the author of the study from the Monash University School of Earth, Atmosphere and Environment, and it's always good to let listeners know that. Um, also, I'm going to be speaking very shortly with Auntie with Sue in regards to what happened at Maralinga, but also to honour Mr Lester as well, who was actually blinded in early adolescence. Can you briefly comment on that, Jim, before you finish?
2: Yeah, yeah. I um, The last time I saw Yummy Lester, uh, was at his place, Wallatina, and he asked his daughter to show me the site where they were camped when the, uh, when the mist came over and when they were exposed to radiation. And he went partially blind in the uh, in the days immediately following that that radioactive contamination and, and fully blind sometime later. But, yeah, there's little doubt that it was radio, radioactive fallout from a Maralinga bomb test that blinded Yummy Lester. Uh, but that has a somewhat of a happy ending, that story, because Yummy was a real warrior, and he fought for years to get redress and to get a proper investigation. And uh, Yummy along with Avon Hudson, uh, uh, a service provider, Army per- person, um, those two people were mostly responsible for getting a Royal Commission established into the British bomb test. And that Royal Commission was carried out in 1983 and 84. Uh, and it led to some compensation for some of the victims. And it also led to the uh, cleanup in the late 1990s. As, as flawed as that cleanup was, at least, the Royal Commission led to some momentum to get some sort of a cleanup.
1: Absolutely, definitely a desecration of Aboriginal land and genocide. Jim, thank you so much for coming onto the program. It's been lovely to have you, and you've given some really, really concise information about what happened at Maralinga and how that's caused a lot of danger. Thank you so much.
2: Yeah, that's a pleasure, Marisa.
1: Take care. We were speaking with Dr Jim Green, National Anti-Nuclear Campaigner from Friends of the Earth, Australia. You're listening to the Radioactive Show, broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. We will talk with Auntie Sue Haslein about her views in regards to Maralinga. Hi Auntie Sue, welcome to the program. Thank you. It's really lovely to have you. Can you just start off by introducing yourself and telling us what land you're from?
0: Um, my name is Sue Haslein. I'm from Ceduna on the far west coast of South Australia. And I am a, I am a Gugata elder.
1: Thanks so much. Now, Auntie, we we've been spending a little bit of time talking off air about Maralinga, and I know you. I just wanted to give you the opportunity to have a bit of a yarn today, just in regards to what happened there. And you were telling me that everything about Maralinga affected
0: all of Australia, not just Aboriginal people, isn't it? Can you comment on that? Yeah, well, that's true because. You know, when they let the bombs off, the radiation fallout, that wasn't prejudiced. it didn't care who it got, whether you were rich or poor or Blackwater Brindle. It got all of Australia. The whole continent, including Tasmania, was contaminated with radiation fallout. Absolutely. And
1: what are the main things for you in regards
0: to Maralinga? Well, it was Maralinga, in your field to Montebello, there was three sites. Um the main things that you know, like what happened after was the poisoning that that happened to the people. Without their knowledge, they were being poisoned. The English and Australian British and Australian governments were very quiet about what they were doing, they didn't tell the people the dangers or anything. They thought they were very clever. But now, even now, over sixty years later, the impacts of those Bomb tests are still being felt in Australia by everybody. Cancer's run right around our area. So sh- sh- we weren't on ground zero, but by heck the winds brought it to us. Neither was the rest of Australia on ground zero, but the winds took it to them as well.
1: That's right. That's right. And can you tell us a little bit about your work and what you've been doing?
0: Um... You know, look, I didn't know anything about radiation fallout and stuff, so I joined a group called ANFA, Australia Nuclear Free Alliance. And from there, one of the doctors that I've met and became friends with over the years told me why I had no thyroids and, you know, what could happen. And I learned a real lot from those meetings with ANFA. And then I got involved with ICANN to get the word out it was amazing that the rest of the world hadn't even heard of Maralinga for a start. So it was kept such a such a secret. And um, I, I've been trying to get it out there and tell people. No, the you know the Australian and English, British government owe Australian people a lot. You know they've taken so much from them. Aboriginal people in particular have lost a lot more because there's lands they can't go back to it's still very highly contaminated with plutonium there was a survey done not very long ago I read it read about it and it's just you know like saying what we always knew that the land was still contaminated yeah um yeah my fight is against future radiation poisoning for future generations try and give them a clean world to live in or cleaner than we've got now but it just seems that money people are determined to keep polluting the world and the animals you know they've got no hope because they can't speak for themselves so so they'll just be left to die and the people as well of course yeah so i'm trying to fight for the our culture as well because we've got such sacred places that we need to look after and we're, you know, we're getting blocked off from places as well. Say for what instance, do you mean blocked rocket, off? Yeah, well, say for instance if a rocket wants to uh, launch, people want to launch a rocket, well then they're closing off the country to, to us so we can't get to our sites. Yeah, that's horrible. It is. So it's And, it's and, a and mega so you can't this. get to your sites, you're saying? Yeah, they say it's only for a short while, but when those, uh, I don't know, bits and pieces of the rocket fall to the earth, they can destroy those sites too. I mean, that that's just genocide, isn't it, really? It is, because when they damage our our favourite places, they damage us. Like, I mean, if somebody went and did something to a cathedral... There'd be a hell of a stink going on, wouldn't there? Yeah. But because it's Aboriginal type, they don't seem to care. It's, you know, they talk about mythical beliefs. That's us, Mob. But then Christianity believes mythically too because you don't see their... their God or idols or whatever they, you know, worship people. You, you don't see them, so there must be myth, myths as well. Yeah. How would they feel if it was there? Special places that were getting destroyed. Ah, there'd be such an outcry.
1: Uh, you know, Aunty Sue, it, it, would you would you agree that it's not the, the sacred side is really important, but it also goes a step further because it's ruining country. It's actually ruining the songlines.
0: Ruining country, killing the animals. It is. And, and they the just story. don't care. They they say country is uninhabited, which is not strictly true, because we're we're always going out on country without letting anybody else know we're doing it. We just go, and then the animals that are out there, they live there all the time, permanently. You know, and yes. it's not uninhabited. That's that's cruelty. And Auntie was were you were you and your, or your family affected directly? Well, I reckon we were because um, my thyroids were taken out a long time ago. That's, like I said, that's when I started to find out more about radiation poisoning. My granddaughter got no thyroids. With we've, we've got had defects in the family with babies and cancers just all over the place, and the heart problems. You know, triple bypasses, things we'd never heard of before, still happening.
1: Yeah.
0: So just, that's just within my family. What about the rest of Australia and their families? And you know what? If, if people really cared for their children, really loved and cared for their children and the rest of the children of the world, they would say enough to all this damaging activities that's going on. They would say enough. And that's including a waste dump on country.
1: That's right. So the
0: waste dump, where, where's that happening? Well that's supposed to happen at a little place called Kimba, that's up the road from us about 300 Ks. But you know, I, I, I look on that as as a as another threat to people because if anything goes wrong with that waste dump and all that wasty stuff is going to start leaking out, the people won't even know, you know, it's a silent killer. It's just waiting to happen. So what's wrong with the government? They've got, they've got Lucas Heights in Sydney. Why don't they leave the stuff there? And why should we be the dumping ground for the rest of the world's nuclear waste? Why yeah. should it be always on Aboriginal country? Exactly. Those are questions that nobody's really interested in answering, by the way.
1: I don't hear very much in the media
0: about all this. No, you don't. You don't. The media is, like, gagged or just don't want to know or they don't put it out there anyway.
1: This broadcast is is also dedicated to the, the life's work of, of Mr. Lester and I, I yes. believe he, he was blinded by what he calls the Black Mist. Can you comment on, on that?
0: That Black Mist, um, I, um, like, I was only about two when the first lot of bombs was being set off. But our old people told us, you know, we, we thought it was Nullarbor dust, dust storm coming. Or was it? But the old people, somehow they knew it was poison. They were trying to get the kids inside the houses you know, to try and protect them as best as they can. But it wasn't an Nullarbor dust storm, was it? It was radiation fallout coming on the wind. So that would be that black mist now. But it didn't just happen to us. It happened everywhere.
1: Yes. And the secrecy
0: continues. The secrecy? Yeah. Yeah, it continues.
1: It's interesting that you were saying just before about how the land is still contaminated and there's there's been a, a number of studies, hasn't there, in regards to that. Um, in particular, there was a study by Monash Uni um, back in May, I believe, there was a media release about that. Where they, they they could see that there
0: was plutonium there still. Yeah, that's what I was talking about before. You know, that, yeah. it took some people to come over and do a do a do testing and whatever they do to, you know, just say what we already knew. We instinctively knew, and you know, when when I first went to Ant for meeting, I was devastated because I'd been still taking my family out bush not realising that everything was still contaminated but my friend the doctor said you can't do anything else just keep going with what you've been doing you you know you can't take that contamination away so go out and enjoy what you've always been doing and that's what we've done since. That just must have been a terrible out. shock to you Aunty it was, it was. It was horrible because I thought you know this is my fault same with um same with the defects and things that's occurred in my family But my children have been really great. They've said, No, Mum, this is not your fault, Nana. This is the fault of certain governments that didn't care enough for future generations. So I was glad to hear that, that, because I was blaming myself for carrying, you know, passing it on. Whatever happened to my genes were being passed on. It's not your fault at all? No, I'm glad that the kids stood up for me and put that all straight. Because I was really devastated that I was taking my kids on onto contaminated land and until I've worked worked out it didn't matter where you went in Australia, you're walking on contaminated land. It, and it is important to talk about it. There has been cover-up. Well, well, it's not just know. Maralinga and Emu Fields and Montebello either, you know. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: What about the rocket testing out of Woomera? Uh, and this new lot of rocket testing that's going to go on, you know. What fuels are they using? what's going to fall down on earth from from their experiments, even going into the Great Australian Bight you know we fought hard to to get the drilling rigs out of there. No sooner that the drilling rigs left there, the rocket launch start. It's like that's where right. do you stop?
1: I'm glad the drilling was stopped there. The Great Australian
0: Bight is beautiful. there's a lot of untouched untouched places there it is um. I, I heard that um, rocket testing was done last Friday but I, ha- I don't know the outcome. You know, I mean, there's whale breeding season in the bite too. Whales and their babies are there. Oh my God.
1: Yeah, it goes on and on, Auntie Sue, but we must, we have to continue to fight to to stop all these atrocities. And yeah. keep up the good work, and, and I'm just so glad that you were able to come onto the show and, and talk about... Thank you so much for sharing your personal story in, in regards to Maralinga, and not just Maralinga,
0: but about yourself. I'm really honoured to, to hear that. We need to get the story out there, and we need to protect the past. You know, keep bringing the past up, sorry. We need, yep. to, we need to keep remembering the past to protect the future. Because as soon as people forget about what happened in the past, they can do it again for the, in the future.
1: Absolutely, I will have to do more research about the bite. I'm really, really upset that you about that, about that rock yeah. testing. We'll have to keep an eye on
0: that. Well, it's the, with a the bite, it's Whalers Way, in Port, out of Port Lincoln.
1: Okay. Yeah,
0: it's all and tied
1: in, isn't
0: it? Yeah. Yeah. How long? All right, before? Auntie
1: Sue. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the program. I'm hoping to have you back. Thanks a lot. No worries. Take care. Bye, Dan. Bye-bye. Thanks so much to Dr. Jim Green for coming on to the show and also Auntie Sue Hasseldean for talking about Maralinga. Thanks for listening to the Radioactive Show. You can download the podcast of this program at www.3cr.org.au forward slash radioactive. If you'd like to get in contact, you can email us on radioactiveshow.3cr at gmail.com. The radioactive show was produced with the support of Friends of the Earth's Nuclear Free Collective in the studios of 3CR on the lands of the Kulin Nation in Fitzroy, Victoria, and is broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. Thanks for listening and tune in again next week for more news and views on nuclear. Peace and
0: energy issues. This is a rainy land First we heard two big bangs. We thought it was the great snake digging
2: holes Then we saw the big cloud Then the big black mist began to roll